But then finally, when I did tell her, I said, Mom, I want to tell you something. And of course, that time we were well out and everything. And she said, well, all right. Is that the reason he does his eyebrows the way he does? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Welcome to The Gaily Dose, the weekly podcast made for and by gay men and their allies. We're a podcast with a mission, elevated conversation with the hopes of building a deeper sense of community in the gay world. Child, it's time to come take your Gaily Dose. Welcome to The Gaily Dose. This is Helmut Lucero Domogolski. I'm so excited this afternoon to be bringing you a dose of Proud Mama. And I am joined today together with my friends. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bennett Schneider. Hello, it is Dante Adonis Rhodes, and don't forget to check us out online at thegaylydose.com, on all social media platforms at thegaylydosepod, and anywhere you listen to podcasts such as The Gaily Dose, subscribe and give us a five-star review, even if you don't like us. <laughs> yes, man. We promise we don't have that pre-recorded. Yeah. He <laughs> just has it down that well. I love it, though. You're so good at it. And um, today, to give us a dose of proud mom, we have with us the lovely Miss Patty Ellis. Hello. Hi, Miss Patty. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm glad to be here yeah you look stunning yeah amazing i love the i love the necklace just just like uh, dante said and also we just had your husband here last week we did he enjoyed it, too. He yeah. did. He said, though, yeah. Well, good, because awesome. we didn't. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I've had him for 51 years. I get that. <laughs> no, he was a joy. Loved him. He was fun. Absolutely. Yeah. That was a good episode. Yeah. And so we, we were really excited because we, um, you know, Patty, you have been such a wonderful part of the story here in Atlanta around the queer community, you and your family. And that is, um, that is a, a gorgeous story that we would like to share with our doll community. Um, there's so much to gain from listening to, to what you went through and are still, still um, experiencing here in the city. And um, we're excited for our dolls to learn about a, a story that's really close to the heart of of Atlanta, so yeah, so, I'm glad so to share happy. it. I am. We want to give your, we want to get your perspective on your son's coming out. So wow. you, Jeff gave his. Let's hear yours. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, let's see. It was about nine thirty-six on a Thursday <laughs> night. Both of them have it like to the to <laughs> the minute. Yeah. And you know, I had been noticing that Adam had been very different. I mean, he looked sad all the time. Mm. And his eyes, I can always, the eyes, I read the eyes. And every morning I'd say, Adam, is there anything, everything okay? Yeah, it's fine. You know you can tell me anything, right? And, yeah. yeah, I know. And that was the end of that. And then fine, I mean, I did, He. I just worried about him. And I mentioned it to Jeff, and he goes, well, you know, he's got a whole new set of friends now, and you probably are just feeling like he's not as with us as much. And I went, no, that's not it. And so then he went to a party or something, and he came home, and I was laying down reading a book, and he came in there, and I said, so how'd it go? And um, we just talked a minute, and I said, I thought he was trying to talk about a girl that I was hoping, I guess, but I didn't know. But anyway, he said um, something, and I said, well, no, one day, one day you'll find a girl, and it'll, it'll be really good. And he went, or somebody else. And I went, okay, oh. what? And he went, Mom. And he sat down, and he said, I'm gay. And I went, okay, rewind. Just, just put this on <laughs> rewind. Right. And I went, I, and it just was so hard for him to say, and I could tell that. And so I got up. And I hugged him, and I said, we'll get through this. 
And I said, let me go get your dad. And he said, I can't say it again. And I said, we have to have dad in here. Mm -hmm. I mean, this was something, we're a family, and I, this is not something you keep from each other. And Jeff and I have that relationship that we could do that. Right. I know that there are some relationships that it could not work that way. So I went and got Jeff and told him before we entered the room. So that's the night it started. And uh, we climbed mountains. And I could sit here right now and cry, tell you about it, because it was a hard time, because I didn't know what to do. I knew where the religion that I was in, I knew what it taught, I knew what the community thought, but I knew that was not my child. And, and, and I didn't know what to do. And so every night I just prayed. Really, I think I first started off praying that God would help him see his way in a different way. And um, then I learned to pray for myself because I realized that, well, actually there's a story behind that, but one day I was riding down the road, and this is many months later, and I know this sounds crazy, but a sun was shining in my face, and it just was a glow on me that said a word that said, Patty, this is not about you. This is about Adam, mm -hmm. and you are his mother, and he needs his mother. So I said, okay, I'll work on that. So yeah. I did, and I started just trying to pray into God to direct my feet because I'm lost, and I don't know where to go. And believe you me, he directed my feet. He put me, he put people in front of me that helped, didn't, didn't know what I was going through, but it helped me get down another path. Mm -hmm. I had books fall off the shelf and it, it Barnes and Noble, and I know that sounds crazy, but it, I did. And, and, and they were books I needed to hear. Mm -hmm. And it, uh, I, there's so many stories, but all I'm going to just say is, is that God directed my feet and thank God he did yeah. because I have my son. And yeah. we are a, a strong family, and we would not have been had I gone down the path that my religion told me to do. And I don't mean to be downing religion right now, because I just told you that God directed my feet, right. but not what they were teaching. And I have to tell you, this weekend we were with Adam, and um, we were at dinner, Jeff and I were. We were at, uh, in the mountains, and he came up there to visit us. And, and I said, oh, my God, if we had followed what we were told and right. what we were preached and what we were told to believe, we would not have him right now. Right. And I feel so bad for the moms and dads that follow that. And it's fear for them. They're fearful yeah. is what they are. Mm -hmm. and, and they follow that fear rather than following their hearts. Yeah. And now they don't have that relationship. And you, they might not have the relationship or the son, period. period. I mean, when, when parents aren't affirming to sexuality... You know, kids become desperate and they they fall in despair and they oh, are they do. suicidal. Well, yeah, they do. And you know, I I know that gay sons give so much to their to their. I'm going to say their moms, their dads too, but I can only give the moms experience. <laughs> and they have so much to offer. And I and I've told many many moms that way. They're just so. I mean, I just can't imagine my life, our life, without. Um, Adam, oh, I and, and I, I want to tell you, there's. I have lots of stories, so go ahead and prepare that. We're story listeners today. One, one of my friends, and this is during the time when I thought I was coming around to accepting this situation, and um, I read a story um, that one of my friends wrote, actually, and it was a story about if there were a straight pill, would he take it? That was the story he wrote. And um, so I read his article, and then after I read it, I thought, um, hmm, if, hmm, if there was a straight pill, would I give it to Adam? And then at first I thought, yeah, <laughs> I'd 
put it in some cake or something and <laughs> get it down there, you know? And then I thought, no, wait a minute, hold on. Would Adam still be Adam? Would he still be the kid we loved being around and the kid we loved to listen to music with and the laughs that we had? Or would he be a different Adam? And I went, no, keep your pill. Yeah. Oh, we'll keep Adam. Oh, and that's wow. where, that was a big hurdle I crossed, just saying, no, I want Adam just like Adam. We're not going to change yeah. that. I love that. It's huge. It's beautiful. Oh. Well, there's lots of stories. Yeah. Well, what, what, um, I, I do remember you had mentioned briefly um, how the adoption of your one son prepared you in some way okay, for yeah. Adam. I'm curious if you can share a little bit about that. I didn't know you adopted a child. Oh, I didn't yeah. even know that either. So um, Adam was... Um, we were married 11 and a half years when Adam was born, and we kept couldn't get pregnant, kept trying. And five years into it, we still weren't. And um, we were given the gift of, of Austin. And um, Austin was, uh, we first we didn't apply for adoption. Our doctor called us and said, I, I, I want you to sit down, but I think... I think this is a baby that is yours. And he and he he was ours. He was. Wow. And um he um he was a Austin has a little darker skin and um we lived in a lily white community, seriously. And um so any any dark or any person of color stood out. So anyway, we I go to my Adam's um, pediatrician that next morning he came to live with us on friday and saturday i'm in his office and he said um so i'm over there sitting in the corner he's examining and talking to me and he said hey what's wrong with you and i went no i'm fine he went wait a minute what is wrong with you and we had a little conversation and then he just said patty why are you so fearful and i said well what if he's not accepted in this community i mean what what's going to happen and here was what he taught me and I didn't know it was going to apply to Adam 12 years later or whatever. He said, Patty, you're now the teacher. You get to teach your community how you want your son to be treated. You get to teach your family how you want your son to be loved and treated. And I never forgot that because with Austin, we did have to answer questions on where did he come from and all that stuff. And he's my, you know, so, but... Yeah, so years later, I realized I'm a teacher again. I have to teach my community and my neighborhood and my friends how I want them to treat my son. What was that like for y'all? What was that like for y'all after he came out and navigating that water? Oh, it was hard. It was really hard. Because first of all, he was in high school. And um, we lived in a redneck neighborhood, not just community, everybody was. I mean, that was just it. And I was, I asked Adam, I said, please stay in the closet until you graduate. Now, that, he was a sophomore, so that's a lot to ask. Mm-hmm. But he was at uh, the end of his sophomore year, I guess. And um, so he agreed. I, I convinced him that yes, because there was no place in 1997 for a gay boy in, in a high school, really. But today it is different, but it was not then. So... We, nap, we just stayed in the closet with him until he, he graduated from us. When you graduate from high school and you go to college, I want you to be who you are. But right now, I need you to 
to not be. <laughs> I need you. So it was hard on him. And he did have a girlfriend that um, was kind of like his grace of will and grace. And, and they, <laughs> they knew. And her, her parents knew. And whatever, he and I would have a fight. And we don't fight now. But, boy, we did then <laughs> because it was just my fear. And his his girlfriend's mother would call me and go, he's over here. <laughs> and I just needed that so much. So yeah. it was really. I love weird. that. So like all of y'all were in on it. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. So, so, he, so he did go through all of high school with that. Without, no, without, wow. without coming out. But on graduation night, we had everybody over to our house. And I could always tell he'd told them because they came in looking like, Whoa. Right. you know, like stunned. Yeah. And so it was, um, it was it was different, and then when he went off to high school, I mean, went off to college. Uh, you know, now we had to prepare ourselves, and then I worried about him. You know, and what's going to happen, and what's the school like, and because yeah. I mean, it was threatening. Yeah. Uh, but now there's another story. Okay, so I called UGA set up. He was going to UGA. I called the um, university, the housing department, and I said I want to talk to the housing director, and they said. Well, I said, no, I do. I need to talk to him. I'm a mother, and I need to talk to him. So he did call me, quite honestly, and he said, I told him, I said, my son has just come out, and he's going off to college, and he's going to be who he is. And and I, I, I need to know what kind of roommate he's going to get because I don't want him having somebody that's going to beat the hell out of him one night. Right. And he said, he was going, he said, Ms. Ellis, he said, I'm really proud of you for, for accepting this. He said, because we have a lot of kids that come here troubled. But he said, um, I, I don't have a little box to check on our thing that says gay or straight. Right. And I or anti-gay. Right. Or anything, right? <laughs> right? And I said, oh, my God. So he, But then he called me back. And he said, now, you tell Adam, because the next day they had to go in and put what's, what um, dorm they wanted to be in, first, second, third. He said, you tell Adam to go in and sign up for this particular dorm. And he said, it's not a, a, a co-ed dorm right now it, it's all male all female but he said tomorrow i'm going into a meeting and making into a co-ed so he'll get in because of that he said and the other thing is all the people in there are in the um, higher classes classes and all and mm. he said so they're usually more accepting yeah. and i said that made me feel better but then we drove up to meet his roommate that first day and he comes up with a big old truck and a big old confederate flag (laughs) and adam so he did not do his job no actually actually it turned out to be just a great situation and he met some of his best friends in that dorm now they're still his best friends so I just being overprotective. That is so funny. My fr- my freshman year of high school, um, my I think my mom felt the same way, and she was like, "Oh my God, this is the first time Zach's moving. He's going to Gainesville. I'm, I'm Gainesville, Georgia, Gainesville, Georgia." And uh, we walked in, and it was like this goth guy. Like everything was black in the in all oh the God. apartment. And my mom was like, "Nope." She just turned around and said, "Nope, Zach's getting his own apartment." I mean, seriously. <laughs> in, 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 but I wasn't even out yet. But I think she, my mom knew, of course. You know, my mom was a total opposite i wanted her i've always wanted the helicopter mom i was like oh we're moving and she emptied her car and she was like i'm leaving i was like you don't even want to see she's like my car is empty what do you need and i was like all right (laughs) you don't feel loved at all i was like well hope i'm okay (laughs) i hope i do have fun roommates here right (laughs) where did you go to school kennesaw state oh you did Mm -hmm. yeah why didn't i not know that you didn't know that i went to kennesaw too i was an owl Hootie who? Hootie who? <laughs> Hootie what? That's what they say. Hootie who? Is that? Yeah. Oh. 
Oh, Jesus. So what is it like now with you and Adam, with oh. him being like a grown adult gay male in Atlanta? He's fun. Yeah, and we work together. So, um, oh, we, yeah, so we we we've been working together since two thousand four. What do y'all do? Real estate. Real estate. Okay. Yeah, real estate team. Yeah. And um, he's um, he's great. I mean, we we have we laugh. In fact, I've said so many times that work shouldn't be this much fun because we do laugh all the time, and we're so snarky with each other, you know. And then we're not like the mother son thing because we're just you know. I mean, it's just he's great and he's um. um I just love having him around. We do. In fact, um, he'll, oh, God, he'll come over and say, hey, what are y'all doing? Dad doing? Come on, let's have some wine. Well, that turns out. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it turns out great. Yeah, yeah. sort of. Exactly. Until the next morning. <laughs> Wait a minute, what? Yeah. We totally we, get that. We get along really good, and we see each other, you know, a decent amount because we work together. Nice. So what was it like at your first Pride, like as a, with him being like out and about and y'all being out and about in Midtown? Well, the first Pride was, he was in high school. Oh. And oh. okay, so, so I don't know about Pride. I don't know anything about that. I'm back in Fayetteville, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And um, so he said, he said he wanted a, his girlfriend, his Grace, his sister, her sister was going up here to Atlanta. And Adam's, I said, what is it then? Where are you going? And he said, well, it's. It's a pride weekend. Well, what does that mean? And he said, well, that's just for the gay people, and they have a parade. And I said, really? And he said, yeah. Really? So, <laughs> so, Mama's honing in. Yes. Really? So he, Tell me more. <laughs> so he drives out and goes up there, and I said, Jeff, get in the car, because we're going to go see what that's about. I needed to know. <laughs> so, yeah, so Behind we, them? Yes. We didn't know. They didn't I love see it. us. I we love didn't it. see I needed to know. I just needed to know. Is this something awful? Is this something really that's okay? Oh, no. And so I, I don't really don't really remember seeing the parade as much. I was actually in the park and seeing all that. And we saw some interesting characters. And uh, But I didn't go away with it feeling bad. I mean, okay. you know, there was a lot of alcohol served. and But there is with anything like that. I did not go away feeling bad at all. I felt like, okay, if this is where he can come and feel good about himself, then He good. could just be him. Adam could be now, Adam. But, but yes, but my, yes, exactly, exactly. But my first real parade here, parade, where you actually were there mm -hmm. and cheering them on, and the, I was just stunned at some of the things. I'm like, oh, y'all need to get some clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word, you know. But uh, for the most part, and we did march in the parade with P-Flag uh, several oh, nice. times, and that's very wonderful when yeah. everybody sees the P-Flag parents and yeah. everybody's just cheering. And it makes me sad, actually, yeah. because they're, they're that yeah. hungry. Walking in, in it is one of it's Amazing. such a great experience yeah. in Atlanta. You turn that corner and yeah. there's just yeah. so many, the, the mass of humanity that has come yeah. to celebrate you with you. see the yeah. end of the people, the yeah. line of people. It's and I, my, actually my favorite are the, uh, the free mom hugs oh, going down the line. Oh my gosh, yes. Well, there was, a, um, uh, there was a man and woman there last year with their by themselves, but they had on the chat on their thing that saying, "I'm I have a gay son, Aww. I have a gay son," and I just thought that was just so sweet. It is, yeah. it is. My my parents aren't there yet. I've been out forever, and I just don't see either of them ever going to a pride parade. But we'll see. You never know. I mean, I didn't really see myself going either. But I mean, I love it. I I mean, I look at it and just realize that um, this is a place, like you said, where. They can be themselves. I mean, they're they are who they are. And of course, I live on Eighth Street, so I see people oh, yeah. walking down the street with, with you know girls hugging or yeah. guys, and I just think it's wonderful that they can be themselves and feel free to to do that. Now, how did you wind up here in Midtown, going from 
a small place out there to this big old yeah, city. Yeah, we talked about that last night, this weekend, that I just started my career all over again. I've been selling real estate in Fayette County for 30 years. Oh, wow. And, That's like uh, super established. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everything I knew was there. And um, so when Adam graduated, Austin graduated from high school, everybody graduated and they were gone. And we were coming up into Atlanta to have, friend, have dinner with some of our gay friends that we had met and we really liked it. And so I just got to be in my bonnet that we were going to move up here. And so it's just the best thing that's happened to mm. us, though. I mean, it, I, I knew that my we found an old beat-up house, and Jeff <laughs> turned it into what we have now. And he's, Oh, he's in construction, right? Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. And so it was, was really great. But it was uh, our friends in Fayetteville did not understand that. But why are you leaving to go up there? And I went, well, maybe to get away from y'all. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily. Spill the tea. But at that time, at that time, we were not accepted at all. And we felt it. We felt ostracized. But it's so we're good now. Dolls, we are so excited to announce the Galido Stiva honoree. Patty Ellis is a wife, mother, and realtor, yet her influence and investment in the families across the South and beyond are momentous, and the lives of all that she and Jeff touched will forever be changed. A fierce servant to her community, after you listen to her story in A Dose of Proud Mama, reach out to Patty and share in giving her our praise. Happy Pride and congratulations, Patty. We need more divas like you. Tell us a little bit about the your, um, your conviction to take your story beyond just yourselves. Um, okay. I think... Um, yeah, well... How did okay. that happen? It is 1997. Okay, so you get on you get on the internet, you know. By the time you know you know what the internet was back then, mm-hmm. and you put anything in there about a gay son or whatever, and it comes up with God hates fags or some mm-hmm. kind of porn stuff or something. I got no no help. I mean, I no just positivity. want nothing, positivity. and I just needed it so bad, you know. So I was at, um, Jeff, Jeff had read something in the paper about this um, group, uh, they see you, was having this meeting about sticks and stones, where helping people who are bullied in high school or bullied, and so Jeff read it to me, and he said, why don't we go to that meeting? Because Adam was, Adam was seriously bullied in high school. It was just painful, just so painful. And he, has, he was not out, so it was just, it was an idea of what they thought he was. So. We got in the car and we drove here to Atlanta to somebody's house. Now we find out that was in actually Ansley Park, which we didn't know Ansley Park from anything else. And we're the only straight people there. And we don't know that, you know, but everybody's looking at us. And then you've got these two guys over there hugging and these girls over there. And we're going, Jeff, we're the only straight people here. And he went, I know. <laughs> and people are coming up to us and go, what are y'all doing here? Well, we just came because our son is gay and he was bullied in high school. We thought there's any way we can be a part. And then that whispering, 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 because, you know, it was like different, I guess, that parents were here and saying they had a gay son. So um, a few minutes later, this guy walks in the door and everybody goes over to him. We don't know anybody. And he, then he comes over to us. They told him something. He comes over to us and starts asking us questions. One thing, well, how did you know? What did you do? And just all these things. It turns out he's a writer. His name is Michael Aliar. And he's a writer. And so he was just really curious about why are you here and, you know, what do you think and all that. And then I said, well, you know, one day I would like to do a 
website for families because there's there's just they just got to have some help out there. There are families that didn't, like us that need some advice and help. And and he said, "Well, do it." Oh, I don't know how to. Is do this it. 1997 stuff? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Actually, so no. Like... Actually, no. It, by this time, it was 2000 still. or maybe 1998. Or I mean, but still, yeah. Like, yeah. that's trailblazing for sure. So yeah. he he said, "Well." I'll help you. And he gave me his card and we got together and met and, and everything. And he had us start writing stories and we wrote and wrote and wrote. And, and he, oh, he, God, he hated, I had terrible writing skills. <laughs> but I mean, he would circle it in red and go rewrite this. And right. he'd get so frustrated, he'd say, let me just write it. And I went, let no, me no, you. this is me. I'm writing my <laughs> right. own stuff. So, and that, it, it came out in 2001. We launched it in 2001. And so, um, and it's the name of the website, and it's still up. I want to keep this. It's very different now because the things are very different now. But is it's called, um, you know, team, uh, family acceptance, and I've got .com .org all of them because I didn't want anybody taking it over. Right. And so we got that. And now uh, that was smart. I love that. Yeah. So family acceptance. That's, so fa that's fantastic. Not yeah. only have you embraced your son, but you've embraced the culture. I think that's fantastic. Oh yeah, and it's all about well, our struggle with religion. And how we feel about it and how we yeah it's yeah and what was it like because then that enters the stage and i remember in 19 i think it was 1995 no, 1998 i go to college and there's the little like terminals like we're still a like, little terminal computers <laughs> <laughs> you know it was terrible yeah so you you that is that's remarkable because probably not a lot of material out there oh. what kind of feedback did you get what was that like amazing we i mean we answered i used to keep them i don't anymore we we answered six thousand emails at least and that was over a time period i mean yeah. obviously and it was every day they would come in just 25 and 30 and 50 and and we tried to answer them all you know and finally i got just really tired of emailing and so i just started telling the moms call me let's talk i want to talk to you and so i did a lot of talking on the phone i never minded never minded talking i did still a lot of uh, writing you know obviously emailing but uh, the moms would write in from the beginning and just be angry they're just angry they're hurt really and they're fearful that's really what it is but it's coming across as anger and um you know michael Alvear was so good to say, Patty, when you get start this, do not preach to them. Tell them your story. That's all you do is tell them yep. your story. And so every time some mother would be giving me her why she's so mad at them or why did they do this, and so, and I would just try to turn it around on my story with Adam. And, um, and I've had a few really good um, experiences with how that helped people. Yeah. I, I have. And Do you so, have any like any specific stories that really stuck out to you, or one specific story? That... Yeah, there's one. Well, there's a, there's a lot of them actually, tons, but, I'm sure. but one of them in particular. This particular mother was so angry that she made me mad. I mean, she would talk about her son in such a mean, just mean way. And it, I mean, and it's not just one, it was just, con and every day I would try to be more positive with her about her son and the relationships. And every day she would just be so mean. And so finally, this went on for months, really it did. And so finally one day I just said, I can't do this anymore. I can't tell my story anymore. I'm gonna tell her what I think. Mm -hmm. And it was a Thanksgiving night actually. And I wrote her back and told her, you know, this is time for you to step up. 
you know, this is your son. He needs you now more than he's ever needed you. And you know, I just preached yeah. what I was told not to do. Yeah. I preached. <laughs> and I didn't hear from her for a few days. And it really, and she was quick to always respond. And she did not. And uh, until finally one day I turned on the computer and she said, oh, y'all try not to cry here because this was really hard. Mm -hmm. She said, Patty, I've turned the corner. Ah, oh, y'all, I just just bawled because, and so reading on, she said that um, she kept thinking about what I had said and then she took her youngest son or another son or other child to the doctor and sitting in the waiting room looking across the room there was another mother there holding a child that obviously had some sort of deformities or something. And that mother uh, kept kissing that child. It, it, she said it just made me realize I don't appreciate what I have. And I went home. Oh, and geez. I always tell my mom, so wait, listen, you sit down with your son knee to knee. Sit down there. with, Put your knees together and look at, at each other in the face and talk about what you feel. It's okay with what you feel, but you've got to share it. And so she said, I did that. And she said, we've got a ways to go, but I have turned the corner and I wanted you to know that. All right, y'all, look here. I'm sorry. All of us. <laughs> We're all teary all of us. <laughs> But I mean, that I had several stories like that, really. But that was one that just, I guess, because I had felt like I had done something wrong. And then she said, you know. And I've had them write me back um, years later and send me pictures of their sons and their partners and their grandchildren whatever so Aww. so it's you know there we do feel like that that parents just needed help they just needed someone to help them and you know when you've got a problem and you're in the church you can go to the church and everybody will surround you and that's just not the way this was right. you're by yourself you yeah. are by yourself and we knew we were and so um and I would have people oh my goodness people would Mm. write me some really not nice things about how I needed to, you know, step Repent. up. My, yes, and my son, and, you know, even somebody even put in my mailbox how to raise boys, uh, oh, a, a book no. on oh, how no. to raise boys. I went, listen, you know, I think I've done pretty good. People are, <laughs> people are crazy. Yeah, they, they really are. Uh -huh. So can you tell us a little bit more about your, like, journey with the, the, the church? Just to delve a little bit deeper into that. Well, you know, um... We knew what the church preached. We were, you know, we were in the church. I mean, we were a family that we sat on the third row on the right-hand side. Yes, third row. Yeah, uh-huh, third row. <laughs> third row. <laughs> no, because I, I was up in, like, the third row, too. You were, yeah. To be clear. Yeah. I, was I was like, what does third row mean? Third row in the back. In fact, if anybody ever sat in the Ellis's seat, everybody felt sorry for them because they yes. knew you're taking their spot, mm -hmm. you know. But, but um, so we were definitely in, in the church. And um, when Adam came out, we we didn't have anywhere to go. We knew better than to try to can talk with anybody at the church, and we really didn't. We just let it go, and we just said we're not going back, and I'm not going back. And I started reading, uh, reading a lot, and a lot of it was about the scriptures. Uh, I, we read a lot of books about the scriptures and uh, and how that related to homosexuality and. And you just begin to realize that um, all the stuff you've been told mm -hmm. is not really in the scriptures. Right. These are just people's opinion, and that's it. And so, so you knew pretty quickly that you weren't going to be able to reconcile a gay son and your your current religion. I guess what I, I guess what Jeff and I realized is that um, we loved Adam too much mm -hmm. to to do to let a church rule me. I'm not. I'm just not. I know. I know my son 
better than you know your scriptures. And that's all there is to it. Right. And so we, we, not that we had an easy time with yeah. it. We didn't because we were, you know, but I, yeah. I, I never, we never, ever felt the lack of God's love for my family because yeah. he helped us get where we are. That website was divinely inspired. Yeah. That was not something we just came. It, yeah. it happened because it was meant to happen. Yeah. And um, so I always knew that God loved my son. He loved us. And I never, never, ever, ever questioned that. Yeah. I didn't. I, I sometimes struggle because I feel like my mom puts religion first, unlike what you did. And sometimes it's painful because it's... It, she's putting her faith in something that she can't physically hold or mm-hmm. um, that's not tangible, but yet she has a, a loving son in front of her and she can't accept me. I times. think that's fear. I think that's absolute fear. Yeah. It's also, I think it's also like um, for someone who's invested the majority of their life in a way, a point of view, um, it means letting go of all those years of the way I prayed and the way I worshiped and that they're, they're, yeah, they're stuck in a a kind of like, I did this religious investment Mm -hmm. and later in life to sort of say, Hey, there's an incongruency between what I'm experiencing and my religion. It's very hard for some people to let it go. And that's where I've just accepted that with my family um, because they just it, there's too much investment and I, I, I stay at the table right and hope mm-hmm. um, but I do think that's also an interesting element to us as we're living longer oh, if yeah. you think about it just mm-hmm. we are we're living past the point where a lot of people you know weren't living that long so now we're seeing in, in our own lives we see more and more evidence and with the internet Mm-hmm. And the the increased communication and the ability to quickly know, like, no, there are this many more homos, like mm-hmm. that are all like me. It's just overwhelming evidence that your religion is not lining up with the evidence and the reality of life. And so you either you either deal with that and and, and recognize you got to go back and and, and to certain, alter your view or not. Certain ages they just can't do that. We never just mom. She's passed, she passed away this past year. She was 99, 99. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. She, she died, a long she, she died yeah. two, three days after her 99th birthday. Oh, wow. But, uh, you know, we had a struggle. They're very, you know, in the church. And um, when, uh, when we told them about Adam, you know, we got some pushback and things. And I just said, we're not coming home again. Home meaning North South Carolina, which is where we're from. I said we're not coming back. Oh, wow. Until really hard line. I, that's it. Because yeah. I'm not gonna sit at that Thanksgiving table and um have to think about um worry that that my son what are y'all thinking about my son? What are y'all that and let everybody else share all their stuff with their kids and we have to know no what I don't care. If you can't accept him, you know him. I mean, you raise, help raise him. So, no, we're not coming back. And so, oh, he, I love just mom, by the way. She was just a, a blessing to me, truly. Um, but she said to Jeff, why would she do that? Why would, why would Patty say that? Because she means it. And so they worked through it. I stayed out of it. But Jeff worked with his family, and they all did step up to the plate, I have to say. Did you ever feel 100%? I don't think it was ever the same for Adam. But, but they all treated him kindly and accepting that you can do and they're all very and and just mom we called her cricket and she she went to she said she went to the minister and talked to him about it and um 
I think he, she said the minister said you need to love Adam for who he is. So, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah. Progress. So, yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's that, you know. How did your family react to all of that? My family? Interesting. So my, my, my dad had already passed on, so, but my mom and I, we've never had a great relationship. So I, I wasn't going to tell her till I knew I was okay because I just could not deal with her stuff. You know? The volatility so, of it. Yeah, I just didn't want to. But then finally, when I did tell her, I said, Mom, I want to tell you something. And, of course, that time we were well out and everything. And she said, well, all right. Is that the reason he does his eyebrows the way he does? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And oh, my is. God. I just had to laugh and said, well, yeah. She said, well, I may have some questions for him, but I'm all right with that. I love Adam. Aww. And see, it would have been my family that I would have thought would have, you know. That's so sweet. You know, yeah. Oh, so, I no. love that. Yeah. Oh, it's fine. Just the way it twisted like that. No. <laughs> is that the reason he does it? Because what had happened is he had tweezed his eyebrows a whole lot, one time mm. too much, and he knew it, but it was too late. Like arched. Yeah, or something. Yeah. And uh, so that was the way, that was what she said. But uh, So I want to tell you another thing where I know God intervened with us, and that was um, we were at Big Canoe. We have a place up in the mountains, and they had a chapel there. And we used to go there when... You know, the kids were little, just on every now and then on Sunday. And this one Sunday, we were just struggling so hard. And I said, Jeff, maybe we just need to go, go to the, go to the church. And the boys could go downstairs to the youth thing. And he said, well, let's do. So the last minute we go in, it's always just packed. And it is packed. And we're there at the last minute. But there was one row that had nobody on the row. And I thought, well, maybe they're saving it for somebody. But there's nothing on there. It's just an empty row. So... We go up and we sit down, and um, the church starts, and, and after the church starts, some people come in, they come around, and they sit. I didn't pay attention to who it was. They just sat down. Then the minister comes up, and we had heard that the minister had a gay son and that it wasn't pretty. <laughs> but um, he comes in, so he comes in, sits down, and um, the minute he sat down, oh, y'all, seriously, this happened, really. This is the reason I'm telling you God was involved in my life. The minute this people sat down a voice said to me he's here to help you wow so i don't even want to look you know and then the minister introduces his son who's sitting next to me what i don't know is this the gay or the straight son i don't know <laughs> i mean he had two sons so i cried the entire service and jeff's like oh my hell you know because <laughs> no. i mean that's like you can't tell him that's the no it's yeah. right so after the minute it was over the church was over i said to jeff i said we've got to make a conversation with him we've got to make a conversation with him so i started talking and we did we found out and we talked and he came over to our, he wanted to borrow a book where he's going to let him i don't know what what we made up something <laughs> to get to know him and uh, you're and like i'm manifesting this this, I am is, manifesting this, this is going to happen <laughs> this sounds like so, what i need to do at the bar just make up reasons <laughs> to go talk to men exactly think of a good one just, i'll help you one night thank okay. you let's get a place but he um better you need the voice Yep. Maybe. He's <laughs> here voice. to help you. <laughs> so Jeff got him on the phone and said something. I don't know. And then he said, so Jeff, you do know that I'm the gay son. And I just said, we were hoping you were. And he said, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what is this turning into? <laughs> and he told him, he said, we're going through that right now at our house. And he said, I want to meet with your family. And so... He was an older, he was, I don't know, he was probably in his 40s, and Adam was still in his 20s. 
so he came over and we had dinner and he had our at our family and he talked to Adam about things about just being grateful having a family like that and he talked to Austin who's our youngest son then and he said Austin does this really bug you I mean you're over there looking at it and going am I gay and he went you you would know that if you were he said so just let that go and then he preached to both of them about being grateful and all that and he asked and by the way Adam and De his, Jeff and I were not even talking that weekend we couldn't even talk we were so entwined with things and so so see it wasn't people see us now they think oh that must have been no huh -uh. let me tell you we had some really hard nights where we just uh anyway but it's important to talk about I mean it, it's not all rainbows oh, it is not no we were it's we a process. were and and even in so yeah so he came over and then he left with Adam he said can I take Adam for a ride he's just want to talk to him by myself so he did and he came in and we were out on the deck and Adam came out there and he said can we just hug so we did Aww. we made up that night Aww. we made up that night so y'all you might think I'm making that up I'm not I'm telling you a story that's true God <laughs> no. sent a message he said it to me when I who else said it tell me who else would have said that I don't know anybody in the, we don't ever we don't even know anybody in that church so was he saying was did the boys say it about the son or the preacher? no no as soon as he sat down he said he's, uh, he's, he's here, here to help, help you, you. Mm. wow I've had moments like that before. I have not. Really? <laughs> I wish. I have. Just different points in life. Like, I just yeah. felt, like, compelled. I felt like there was some kind of being behind what I'm doing where, like, I can't make sense of it. So that makes sense to me. I hear those voices, not now, but back then I really did. But, I, you know, um, I think sometimes we, when we open our hearts to many times when we've prayed, you're praying for what you know you want. And so you're just praying because you want it. Yeah. But then I was praying to be directed. Mm -hmm. I was really opening my heart to tell me, to tell me what to do. Get, I'm open to whatever you have for mm. me. And you know, we aren't always open. We, we, right. we already know what we want. Right. But when you can really, I felt like I sound like I'm a Baptist preacher here, but <laughs> it's really true. I mean, I do believe that back then I was so open to whatever yeah. I felt like he wanted me because I knew, I knew I needed to know for yeah. my child. Hey dolls, many of you know pets can be vital companions and contribute to our health and well-being. When we asked Edie Cheeseburger, she named Pals Atlanta her preferred not-for-profit, a group dedicated to providing care and support for pets of Atlanta persons living with HIV, AIDS, other terminal illnesses, and the elderly. They've helped thousands of people to keep their animals, thereby living healthier, happier lives. Yet support during COVID has been hard. Give or volunteer your time by visiting PalsAtlanta.org or on social media at Pals Atlanta. Thanks dolls! You know, I think that um, people that listen to our podcast might think, oh, Bennett's so anti, you know, Christianity or anti-religion. I'm just, I think I'm anti what religion has turned into, what Christianity yes. has turned into and how anti-minorities, not only just LGBT, but just anti-minority, I see some of them being. And so I, you embody the type of Christian that I would love to see other people be. So I appreciate that. That's sweet of you to say. I actually understand what you mean. And, and, and during that time, especially, I, if you told me, if you started off our conversation with I'm a Christian, I was so turned off by that. I, I, I didn't even want to hear anything you had to say because you needed, I need to be able to know you're a Christian by the way you act, not by what you say. Yeah. yeah. I will encourage um, you all in that there are increasing numbers of affirming 
churches yes. and affirming believers. And I think this, this is going to progress. We just don't see that as much, right? So you look at PFLAG and a lot of those organizations now are populated by so many believing parents. St. Mark's here in, in Midtown meant the world to us. I mean, meant the world to us because I had heard that it was an accepting church. So I drove my little self up here and sat in the back of the church and cried the whole time because I'm a big crier, obviously. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, I just watch seeing that and feeling the acceptance and love in a church was just so, uh, was so much. And uh, we we eventually, you know, we went to go went all the time and. Uh, we spoke at the church a couple of times, and um, it's, it's, it's just an amazing place. It really is. I learned a lot of lessons there of, of acceptance, the way people, there was a transgendered person there, and um, I really liked her a lot, and she, she obviously was a man, you know, but, you know, she was, her, her name was Julia. And I, I guess it's okay to say all this, but yeah, male to she, female. She was male to female, female yeah. and just the sweetest person. But you know, I'd not been around that, and so I'm I'm having this really sweet person come up and speak to me, and she is in a dress, and she's obviously got hairy arms, hairy legs, and you know all the things about a male. But yes, you know, she's in, a, and everybody treated her like she was. What I'm saying is, I saw this acceptance, and it just made me go, wow. This is amazing, right. you know. I mean, they, this. And she was so sweet, and I would watch her in the choir, and everybody would just, everybody treated her with respect, and, and love, yeah. and there wasn't any difference. And that was a great lesson for me. Yeah. I learned a lot by that, just watching True. the acceptance. I guess at the same time, I think it's, I think it speaks volumes that we're so wowed by Pete, the Christian Church being accepting. <laughs> like we, that Agreed. should be normal. Agreed. Right. But so. and I said I had one person to say at a, at a church, another church. They said, "You know, no, Patty, we we tolerate that." And I said, well, "You're not going to tolerate my son. We're not doing that. That's not the way we do things. Right. You're either accepting or you're not. We're not yeah, coming." I hate that word. Tolerate. Well, I hate it. And if you think about it, when you really take it to the to the ultimate place where you take the perspective you did about your son, where you said, "Hey, I would not give him the pill, right? Mm-hmm. I would not change him, mm-hmm. right?" right think about it more intentionally, right? It, I, I, I know I've said this before, but it, God, it's not surprise to God that there's a portion of the community that's queer. It was intentional. Mm-hmm. And I, when you really tell the narrative to yourself that way, you go, wait a second, mm-hmm. and why is it intentional? There's so many beautiful things that can come from mm-hmm. the queer community. If you think about the joy that you just share with your son alone, mm-hmm. but then all the joy that can come from the art that we create and the um, the things that we give in terms of fashion or Innovation. science or yeah. or just being a good friend that mm-hmm. has a different perspective, and because we walked through that perspective, we can give a straight person something different. Yeah, they're moving to Midtown. I think I felt myself for the first time. I'd lived always all down there, and I, when I started living here, I was around a diverse group of people, and uh, and everybody was okay, you know, and um, we felt accepted. I mean, here I am, a straight couple moving into a gay, more gay community, and everybody loved us. They just, I mean, they accepted us, and we didn't feel like we were being different. But it's um, the the 
the gay community, that's all friends we have. I mean, you know, if you told me it's Patty, we can. Well, I mean, it's true. <laughs> and if somebody, if somebody said you can't have any gay people at this party, I go, well, we're going to come by ourselves then, I guess, because we don't. Honestly, we don't have any straight friends. I mean, I don't. I don't. What was the transition like once you left your old life and left the church and y'all moved to it? What was it like when those people were still, because they didn't didn't all die, so what was it like to just move on with your life? Oh, it was so great. It really was so great. It was so great. I just realized I never, ever fit in. I just never fit in. And And I didn't know that I didn't. Um, I mean, in all of the people I worked yeah. with in real estate, they were all straight people. Yeah. I mean, I had good relationships. So even before the, um, the your Austin and even before Adam, you knew you didn't fit in. Well, and I can tell you didn't because of your, just your mindset. Yeah. Right? And, you were open to have a, a, a child of color. You were open to have a, a gay son. And I didn't even know that yeah. either way. I just was, you know, who I was. And as a matter of fact, when... I had several couples that were gay when selling them houses back all those years ago, and um, I didn't think anything about it. I just, I just didn't. I knew that it was different and everything, but I just didn't think anything about it. It never felt me to judge that. It really didn't. It never felt me to judge that. Yeah. And um, I remember when my dad, I had a guy that worked for me that lived behind us in um, Fayetteville, and um, and he, he was an older guy, and um, he was married, but mm, I'm not sure. But he... he <laughs> Maybe um, beard. Maybe Will and Grace. Yeah, right. And he, um, and he, he did have definite feminine. I'm pretty sure he was gay, yeah. but I didn't know. I mean, never we, we never discussed any of that. He was so good to me and my family. Yeah. And when my dad was dying and I stayed in... South Carolina to be with him until he passed, and Bill took over to my, took over my work, and I had some of my Christian family—not family, but customers—call mm-hmm. me and say, "Pat, he's ruining your business. You know, he's a homosexual." And I'm going, oh. "Well, first of all, no, I don't know that because we've never tried to have sex, so I wouldn't know." But I said, secondly, you need to know that um, right now, Bill is doing more for me with my dad passing away than any friend or client I have ever owned. So he is, he's taking care of me. So he, she said, well, he's running your business. I said, well, I'll just take that chance. And, but how dare they? What does yeah. that even mean, yeah, that's ruining really the business? And that's he, really disrespectful. Oh, so disrespectful. Yeah. And I never told Bill any of that. But Bill didn't. So, <laughs> He was a he was absolutely a blessing to my life and um, and I'll have to say this when Adam when I, Adam did come out you know and I said to myself Adam did anybody ever do anything to you yes. you know because that's what you're always taught mm-hmm. that, they, yes. that something happened and so that's what's made you gay yeah. and I'm trying to come up with the right answer and so I asked him I said did, when you were alone with Bill did anything happen because I mean I don't know and he said Mom no my goodness no and I went. Okay, well, good. He yeah. said, but nothing ever happened. He said, just who I am. And so that, was, so that, was, that was just hard to accept. Yeah. That's There's just so much who parallel you are. between you and my mom. She asked me all the same questions. She told me that I could tell her anything. She asked me if one of our, like, one of her, our older, like, male friends that might have been gay touched me, all kinds of stuff. My dad still asks me that question to this day. Like, any time, even, yeah, even time, like, just a, he ever wants to talk about it. That's the only he'll be like, you sure no one touched you or like anything? Gay you? molestation. They always yeah. hand in and hand. I'm like, it's like, no. what the hell? Why? He was like, why else would you do it then? Because that's the thing. It it because it, let's be real, right? So a lot of religion, and particularly Christianity, but it justifies 
it almost justifies and encourages the hatred of these people. So there's got to be something, right? God wouldn't possibly make you this way because yes. you're allowed yes. to hate you, yes. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. And it's just so it's a it's a little bit perplexing. Um, I'm curious. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it is disturbing. Um, and it's it's a pair of glasses. It's always they and they've got those glasses on. And unless they're willing to remove the glasses, you yes. just can't see. Yeah. Um, or maybe just pray for them to be removed, um, or for the truth to be revealed to you uh, in a sunny That's day. <laughs> pray the hate away. Um, so I'm curious, as we have our dolls out there that um, don't have great mothers. Uh, well, yeah, they, they don't have mothers that are embracing of their queerness. What would you, what encouraging words would you give those dolls? The, um, to gay children is what yes. you're saying? Okay, yeah. So, um, you have to just live, love them for who they are. And um, don't, I say, don't not show up. I say, try to have some sort of relationship with them. Even if it's not a good one, just just know. <clears throat> see, better way of putting this is that make your own family, because everybody deserves a, a loving surrounding of family. And if your family is not going to accept you and, and love you as you are, don't quit loving them. But just realize that you you've got to have an, you've got to have your own family around you, and make your own family. And yeah. I think that's the thing that the gay community does so well, that they do. They are family. They're very serious about their friends and loving and caring about them. But I still say, don't, don't not call them. Don't not go by and see them. Don't, you know, like you can't send them a Mother's Day card because there's no Mother's Day card that's going to describe what you really feel. I mean, I know that because of my relationship with my mom. Over time, you just go to the Mother's Day cards and you go, what? The, I can't send any of these because they don't mean it. Yeah. But do something, you know, so call or something. Just, just, you know. Because your moms are doing, really, they're doing the best they can do. That's not very good, but they are. I literally said that in your husband's episode. You did? I said, you have to, at some point, accept your dad or your mom are doing the best they can. Mm -hmm. And it might be a sh pretty shitty job. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you have to give them that... Um, respect. That respect. And you have, to, you, know, you have to be humble, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. You do. You have to just... Yeah, it's hard. What um, what would you say to any moms out there who are facing into this and, and would? I would say to them what I said to so many: it's your fear that's keeping you from. You know, you you know your child. You know you love your child. There's nothing's going to take that love away from your child, and but you're allowing your fear, your fear of family, but your fear of what the church would say, your fear of, oh my God, are they going to get AIDS? That's the first thing they think about like that. That your fear of what your friends are going to say and how they're going to judge you. It's all about that. It really is. I mean, you have to, I say to you and I, don't just talk about it with your child. Talk about it. Talk about how you feel about it. Don't preach to them. They don't need to be preached, but they can. you can sit down and say, I'm fearful of this, I'm fearful of that, I don't understand it. And a lot of it is you're, you don't know what you did wrong, you're still blaming yourself. And um, But I still always say that they're always worried about what their friends, family, 
church is going to say, get over that. Get over that. There, you're that child's mother, yeah. and that you, your child needs you now. You know, the day you put them on that bus to kindergarten, and you, they were just by themselves. Well, they need you now more than they ever needed you then, because when they were on that bus, they had other people that cared about them when they got off that bus. Yeah. Well, they, your gay child may not. So you need to step up to the plate and love your child for who your child is. And I don't mean to preach to the moms there, because I remember the hard time I had. But um, I would every morning when, during that time when Adam was in high school and we were struggling and I'm, most of the time I probably cried and prayed all night long, I mean, seriously. And uh, we'd get up in the morning and we would be going to, he'd be getting dressed for school and he would come into the kitchen and I would just put my arms around him and say, just give me some time. I mean, we love you, just give me some time. Because I knew I'd get there, I felt like I would. But and you did. You got there. You did. Sure I did, did honey. I did. <laughs> and you went, and you got a lot of other people there. I hope I did. I hope I did. Yeah. I think that that's something um, I, um, I, I also, when when you have somebody come out, you when you have your son come out, take take the time, take a pause, to not make their coming out traumatic, mm-hmm. even if it is. I'm just not there yet, or I need to process this. Mm-hmm. Don't say something that you're going to regret down the line. Don't blame them. And don't blame Don't them. judge them. Just or don't yourself. judge them. Yeah, but that, oh boy. You know, what I used to do, my first Adam first came out, was I, my prayer every night was just give me that second chance to God. Give me a second chance. I've obviously done something wrong, and I'm sorry. And of course, laying in bed at night crying, I could just name every single thing that could have been that I did wrong, you know, and just give me that second chance. I won't do it wrong again. And, you know, and then I realized, no, actually, I did it pretty good. I am pretty damn good mom. I know, right? Because yeah. he's, he's been a blessing to us since the day he was born. Oh. I know every parent feels that way when their child is first born. You just can't help that. But there's not been a day that he's not been a blessing to yeah. us. He's just in, I just was not going to allow other people's judgment and what you tell me is wrong about my child that's not going to take it's not going to take me away from my child yeah. i'm going to love him as he is so one of the last questions that we end episodes with is if you could think of one thing your one hope for the lgbt the gay the queer community what would it be it's the, i've always just thought that hopefully one day there's there's no reason to even have a gay pride or anything. It's just who you are. You know, we don't have to celebrate anything because it's who you are. I mean, we don't ever have to say I'm gay because it doesn't matter. Um, I mean, there's that that it's just okay that it's not. And you know, and I I really wish that one day that um, people could be pregnant and having a baby and wondering, I wonder if it's going to be gay or not, you know? I mean, instead of it being some <laughs> little shock, you know? Mm-hmm. No, seriously. <laughs> Adam had a friend in college that she had all gay gay boy friends, and uh, she said, I hope I have a gay son. And, I, and during that time, I said, girl, you need to think on that. Right. You know? <laughs> We're going through right, right now. But um, I guess that would be the only thing. And I guess the other thing would be that that every gay child would have a parent that loved them and accepted them yeah. and the acceptance wasn't something that you had to be in the city to have that you could be in the deepest of the suburbs you know and it's not an issue but 
yeah, I don't know. That's not there yet. No, we're not there yet. And people that up here don't understand, didn't, don't understand why it's important about certain things because they're, but if you go just about 30 minutes south or mm -hmm. 30 minutes north, you're going to see a whole different mindset. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's changing though. Yeah. It is changing and yeah. I'm so grateful for that. You know, I've, I've, um, I just wrote an article for the Daily Post and we talked about, I talked about how 70% of Americans now support gay marriage. It's huge. I, I heard that. It's yes, huge. yes. That's you know, a lot. Yeah. They, um, even a small um, Republican majority now. Yeah. Yeah, so tides are turning. Yeah, they are, and they're so different than they were when Adam came out. Oh my God! Yeah. I mean, it was just so different. But I wanted to say this too: when Adam, when the website came out, um, you know, we, we 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 knew we were being stared at everywhere we went. We we were down in Fake County, you know, but there was a veterinarian, a big veterinarian in the area, and he was an older guy, and he came up to us one day we were having lunch, and he said, "I just want to let you know," he said. The gays, the homosexuality is in the animal kingdom. He said, I've had to deal with it a lot. He said, this is nothing unusual. He said, so I just want to, you know, thank you for accepting your son. And I thought, seriously? <laughs> I mean, seriously? I mean, but I didn't know that. But there, it's but true. it is. And there's a great story about the um, uh, penguins at Central Park. Have you ever seen that story? I've heard about the penguins. I don't know necessarily about Central Park. Oh, it's it's a true story. If you need to Google it and check it out, because it's two penguins and they were both male, and they wanted they they stole an egg from a from a mom <laughs> and mom and they tried to do it, the nurture it themselves. It is a gr great story. There's actually a children's book on it. It's that called so it's called Entango Makes Three. See, it's, and, it's, and I'm reading that from a Facebook message that Patty sent me. In oh, 2011. No way. Ten oh years ago. 2011? Ten oh years ago. Y'all have known each other for that long? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You were out for a year. Yeah. You're yeah. a baby. That's why I'm saying when I came out, I was an information gatherer, right? So I'm very similar to some of what you described, right? Of course, I'm like at 33. Like, I am so late. shook by this. Ten I, years um, ago. I was just like, how do? what do I do, right? I was trying to find find truth mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. it's taken me a long time to get there but that was one of the first the first sources I was like here are parents visible parents who are accepting what can I learn from them and um, and we met I don't remember how we met but um, yeah I've, uh, 10 yeah, years ago <laughs> I, I got that book from a librarian who was a a gay librarian, older man. I met him at Coffee House one here somewhere, and we had to talking about. Listen, like Adam said, if I sit still long enough, you're going to find out I have a gay son because we're going to talk about it. You know, because I just back then. I, that's not necessarily true now, but it was back then. But anyway, he um, he sent me that that book. It's it's actually a um, a children's book and to help children understand Aww. being gay so it's really a, it's a good I story. have a decent and nephew so I might have to get it for you know, really no seriously it's, it's a good book but you know I do love that the um, taking these things inside of us that are hard um, and like you said at that time you were going through it with your gay son so when you sat down you shared that mm -hmm. that vulnerability is something that I think is what helps change people mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. by us each being vulnerable about things with select people it helps with the social change that we need in, in all facets right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it does thank you you're welcome i'm always happy to share my story 
there's a whole much, so much more. Because <laughs> God has directed our feet and has done us so much for our family. And I was actually taking a walk uh, this weekend. And as I started to walk, I just said, I just put it out there to the universe in, in gratitude of my two children and their families and my husband and our life and how wonderful it is. And I can tell you now that if we had not traveled this journey with Adam and gotten where we are, we would not have the family we have now because we're, we all care and love about each other. And Austin, my youngest son, is such a great brother. And he had to, you know, he had to travel this journey too. And it was not easy for him, but uh, he, he did it. And he and Adam are, you know, they're very different, um, but they're, they get along so great and they're just great brothers. And I just don't know how much more we could be blessed. And, and we're so grateful for that as we are. Well, we're proud of you Aww. and we're thankful for yeah. you. Thank you for well, on, on CNN, everything, the whole, this whole year. Is, well, thank you for having me. <laughs> Have you noticed that? Just like, you know, it's unprecedented, everything is. And now it's at the end of the, well, thank you for coming. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> so, do you want to end thank our you. episode with that? Thank you. Right. So thank you for having me. <laughs> well, thank you. And dolls, we're so thankful that you guys listened in for a dose of Proud Mama. We remind you, once you've learned to love yourself, we urge you to please learn to love everyone. Everyone else. Gay man. Adios. Adios. <laughs> <laughs>